Hi, and welcome to another edition of Menopause Buddies. Today, I'm joined by Lise. Lise works in marketing and she lives in France, but she's moving back to the UK very shortly and is currently perimenopausal. Hi, Lise. Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Surviving, as they say. A lot going on there, moving back to, <laughs> to the UK from a different country while you're perimenopausal. <laughs> Whose idea was that? It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. But yes, it's uh, it's it's a fascinating journey at the moment, learning to spin about a million different plates. I can imagine. Also, yeah. Yeah. Also being in the unfamiliar landscape of my new brain. Well, why don't you tell us about that new brain? So, yeah, so I um, I think that I started the, the perimenopause in, I think it actually started in 2018, so it's about five years ago now. Um, and my, I, I honestly thought that I was uh, experiencing early onset uh, Alzheimer's or, or, or dementia because all of a sudden I've got... Um, I've got an extremely I've always had an extremely good memory and um and all of a sudden I was just experiencing you know sort of brain fog and confusion and doing really weird things and forgetting things that people had said and I, I, I talked to my mom about it and I said I'm actually quite worried that that um I might be starting to experience signs of of dementia because it was it really was quite pronounced it was go from one day having this crystal clear razor sharp mind to, to suddenly feeling really foggy and forgetful and she sort of gave me a look and said I think it's far more likely that you're experiencing the perimenopause now at this point I was kind of in my mid-40s and I was actually my reaction was outrage <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying I'm not that old <laughs> exactly I am not perimenopausal and um, and then I started, uh, and it was at that point that I started reading about it out of curiosity. And then I was like, oh my god, I think I think that she's probably right. And I think the thing that's really notable to me about that was how little I knew about mm. what to expect. Yeah, that it was like the the menopause was like it was almost like um I don't know like a like a a, a locked door or a you know some sort of enormous cliff face that I was going to face in my life that was a completely unknown territory and I knew about hot flashes obviously um and people bursting into tears um but there was so much about it that I didn't understand and I think my first reaction was actually one of despair I almost felt like well that's that then you know well yeah um so it was a really it was it was quite and I actually you know if I'm being completely honest I, I really pushed it to the to the back of my mind for as long as I could until the evidence became incontrovertible you know my obviously my periods were, were very irregular all of a sudden and uh, all sorts of other things that I just couldn't deny anymore I was almost like I, I preferred to think that I'd somehow lost my mind than to think that I was actually experiencing perimenopause. Wow. And by the way, of course, at the time, you know, I was calling it menopause in my mind. I didn't even know that there was such a thing as perimenopause. But yeah, it was. It was almost, I think that's actually uh, a completely authentic and true statement. It was almost easier for me to think, yeah, you've just, you've lost the plot than to actually face the fact that I was I was um, actually perimenopausal. 
But I guess that's also because of the way menopause was portrayed at that time, wasn't it? Because we're talking 100%. five years ago when it wasn't really spoken about. And it it was that club that no one wanted to join. And we all denied it for mm. quite a long time because it showed that we were becoming older. And being an older woman in society, it's a different place, isn't it? We, we 100%. Yeah, we don't and, want to go and, there. No, and, and actually it, it sort of piggybacked the thing that had happened to me when I turned... 40 and of course all the social media algorithms know that you've turned 40 and all of a sudden I'm being fed adverts for bedroom slippers and incontinence pants <laughs> and <laughs> just, just what you need in your 40s <laughs> and you sort of you know so there, there comes this time where you kind of like go, there's a there's a, a wholesale rejection of that you know, so you, you, and I think that the, the two things are so inextricably linked, and it's something that I've thought about a lot that the way that older women are, are portrayed anyway has been until relatively recently so, you know, globally damning um, and so globally sort of like irrelevant that it was like, you know, I am, because of course you don't feel like that. I am not that person. No, thank you. I do not want that strange blankety thing that you're trying to sell me. <laughs> well, we still at 40, of course, you still could look like you're in your 30s, can't you? Absolutely. And I, I you know, I, I, I think that I, at least in my own mind, I mean, let's face it, I've, I've never really got past the fact that I don't look like I'm 17 anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yes, I, except when you're trying to make a, a a FaceTime call and you look down and that old lady looks back at you. <laughs> Actually, do you know, it's it's really funny. Zoom is slightly better because I have all my filters turned onto the max. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm dragged into a Teams meeting, it's, it's an absolute horror story. It's like, who the hell is that? Yes, because they don't have as many filters, do they? Or no, they, they can't brush, brush, brush stroke you a bit. Who's that person with the melting face? Yes. Oh dear. So now, so you, so in your, I guess now you're your mid forties, and you finally accepted that you are perimenopausal. So what happened mm -hmm. next? Um, I started to educate myself. Um, well, I, I'm very fortunate that um, you know I started to open up a bit more about it, and where I live in in deepest, darkest rural France. Um, a lot of my friends are much older. Um, I'm I'm kind of younger by a good a, a good decade, and so I started talking to to people about it who were sort of on the other side of it. Uh, that was one of the first things. And actually, apart from anything else, you know, I was surrounded by these incredible women who, in their sort of 60s, 70s, I mean, 60 is no age at all, by the way, but in their sort of like 70s and 80s, are still dancing are still going out on really long hikes with me you know they are Wonderful. just the antithesis you know dress beautifully uh with no kind of particular age um uh sort of restrictions on what they choose to wear uh one of my favorite people was this lovely lady called Yeshe who you know sort of her hair was this bright red top knot with a with a, an undercut absolutely amazing woman and um, and I and then I started reading about it, and then of course Davina did her thing. Thank you, Davina. Yes. Um, and it, my perspective started to shift, and um, educating myself about it, I started to realise that there was a point after 
the perimenopause and after the menopause, which is of course officially just one day. Um, and actually there was a, you know, there's a whole other life beyond it. It is just a transitional period. Um, and I started to feel just significantly more excited and optimistic. And um, it was phrased really beautifully. I found this really beautiful piece of writing about the crone archetype, which talks about women actually, you know, finally being free of the responsibilities if they have chosen to have children, or even the the, the sort of like the, the the sort of like the monthly burden of the menstrual cycle and all the rest of it, and actually have, finding a kind of freedom on the other side where you reclaim all this energy. And where you can, if, if you have been a parent, it also often coincides with your children leaving home um, and actually being at a point in your career where you've, you've got significant amounts of experience and you're probably at a mastery stage of your career and starting to see it as an opportunity to, to sort of have um, energy restored to you which was otherwise going to be diverted by the sort of the biological monthly, um, you know, sort of like cycles. And it, so it started to feel like something that was really exciting. Um, the other thing that's, that's helped me massively is I have real gallows humour. <laughs> and so I really, honestly, I can laugh at this, my experience, like, you know, finding my rice cakes in the fridge or... <laughs> <laughs> of course or the moment I which I really remember vividly when I was reading about you know so like what happens to your pelvic floor and <laughs> and all of that great stuff and thinking to myself I'm never going to go on a trampoline again and then immediately followed by the thought that it'd probably been about 20 years since I'd been on a trampoline anyway so <laughs> it really wasn't going to be that great a loss and you know it was it I think um, sort of coming into that mind mindset of actually this is a whole new dimension of who I am. And as women, we've been there. We've been there. We have so many transitional periods in our life, excuse the pun. You know, we we go through these these major changes and I think we're actually brilliant at it. And there's a lot less to be afraid of um, than we perhaps think they are. There is. Um yeah, I think um, that's really true. It's um I think the the hardest part is what you went through accepting it and realizing <laughs> that you are now in this stage of change and then once you accept it if you can embrace it and do everything you need to do to get through it but there is as you say so many positives and we that you put it so eloquently we do go through so many transitions in our life and we, we this is probably one of not the easier ones but adjusting if you do have children to having children is a huge one and then yeah. uh, as you also said they're probably leaving home now and that is a big adjustment but it's also a time of for you because if, yeah. you've, if you've been a mum you haven't had that much time for you and with all this going on as well it's if you can get to that stage in your head where you can embrace it it and you use whatever tools necessary to get through it and out the other side, it is, it. It, it is a time to embrace. But it, it would be lovely to know, what did the um, the French ladies say, Once the ones who've been through it, what did they tell you about it? Did they give you any it, pearls of wisdom? Yeah, I mean, the, the, one of one of them, <laughs> which, which I really love, um, 
is this lady saying to me, but, you know, we, we women are, you know, we're just so good at getting on with it and not getting on with it, suffering, getting on with it. But we, she said, we're so clever at finding solutions. And again, it was, it was that thing of, um, okay. So instead of kind of like seeing this as something, you know, like this burden, this terrible burden I'm, I'm going to carry, what are the things that I could do to support myself um, during this this particular um, period of time, and um, and actually, you know, because I live in deepest darkest rural France, and French doctors are not all that clued into. I mean, the, the, I, I, my perception at the moment is that the situation in the UK, in terms of being able to go to your doctor and talk about HRT requirements, for example, which I'm not on yet because my doctor quite literally did not want to know. Um, they've had to kind of find other solutions. So they're really big advocates of, you know, sort of good food, you know, just like really good, healthy nutrition to support your 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 body. It's 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 more mm. kind of like, well, you know, you're just like doubling down on all the things that you should have been doing for you. I mean, obviously the French have got a great attitude towards that anyway. Um doing things like moving, they're they're real believers. Uh, I have this wonderful friend who's who's absolutely convinced that you know if you if you retire in the sense of you know you stop working altogether and you stop your life and you start sort of like leaning into this this period where things might start to feel a bit a bit different then you're going to lose it so actually you know there's this real sense of do not go gently into that good night and uh, so you know so it it was that it was um and obviously they're they're very into their natural remedies here um which i think is a very personal and i i would never sort of uh, say you know everybody should do this or that cuz i think it's very personal mm. but that was the other thing as well is that i was literally standing after, after my monday morning dance session standing around with this group of women and everybody had a different take on it everybody had a different take on what had helped and the takeaway from that conversation was you have to figure out what works for you. And in figuring out what works for you, you get to know yourself a bit better too. Oh, and wonderful. I loved that. Oh, I love that. I love that too. Golly, what what wonderful knowledge. And yeah. And because that is true, you do find out a lot about yourself going through it. Yeah. Because it yeah. is different. There isn't a one, you know, there isn't one sort of like standard experience for for, for anybody. Not at all, no. You could put a hundred different women in a room and they'd all have different variations of different symptoms and experiences. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really interesting for me when, you know, when one of the things I found kind of slightly alarming when I started reading up about it was that, as I said to you before, you know, when I, my, my perception of menopause was kind of like one or two symptoms which were sort of like inconvenient and uncomfortable. And then you sort of like turned into an old woman overnight. And um, and so when I started reading about 48 symptoms, it caused me untold stress. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, I've only experienced it. But it's, you know, of course you don't, you don't have to exhaustively experience all the symptoms. I know that obviously some people have a lot worse experience than others. Um, but uh, but you know some people only experience one or two, and it's it's very much about a, a journey of discovery. What's my experience going to be? Yes, and and some people don't really notice it. There's some no? very I think about twenty percent <laughs> of people don't have any uh, symptoms. So it's yeah amazing. 
sorry. Is that I'm interrupting you, Annie? I'm really yes, sorry. Yes, no, it's right. We I can cut it out. So I'll just we'll just stop. Yeah. Let me just move it. It's my my dog has just come in and decided to, to <laughs> dig in a in a paper bag. So I've just moved it. Really sorry about that. <laughs> I thought you were moving papers. <laughs> <laughs> Shuffling through all my horror stories. Uh, I just have that lovely image and I've forgotten what we were talking about where were we um, <laughs> discovering um, our own symptoms um, we on that? Um, oh no oh, we were talking about different um, of course there's two menopausal oh, women having a conversation how are we going to remember that um, <laughs> I think we should just leave it in now we have had to stop the recording now we have no idea what we were talking about <laughs> And there's some women who don't uh, have any symptoms at all. I think about 20% of the population don't have any symptoms, yeah. which, I mean, lucky them. I know, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely not been my experience. My mother, uh, she she personally, I can remember her just saying to me, oh, I just, I just had, uh, I just had hot flashes. And, uh, and unfortunately, she said it to me at a time when I was experiencing the entire spectrum of the emotional... <laughs> Of the emotional roller coaster, yes. so it, it wasn't. It wasn't the thing that I wanted to hear at that moment because I literally felt like, um, <laughs> like the Incredible Hulk. But but so. at least your mother spoke about it, and it, and what 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 I sort of thought when you said your mother when you were thought you were getting dementia, and your mother said mm. it's menopause. How amazing that she knew that because. Yeah, yeah she, she's. I mean, she's she's incredible. She's she's always been very very well informed about things like that. Um, and, uh, and she's, she's been a great resource for me, even though she herself didn't have much in the way of symptoms. She's always been terribly interested and terribly open about talking about things, uh, like that to me. And of course she'd actually gone through it with my, uh, with my older sister already. Um, right. and, uh, yeah. and, and sort of like had long conversations with, with her, um, and it, it was, it was, it was a real, it was a real comfort. But, but my mum at the time, I mean, I, I remember her going through the, through her perimenopause, but all that I experienced myself was just, I can remember her serving up Sunday lunch one day and she was absolutely scarlet and pouring with sweat, poor woman. And just kind of feeling slightly, I don't know, almost like, I, it, it pains me to say it now, but almost like pitying, <laughs> you know, poor old dear. You know, she was only in her <laughs> bloody forties and <laughs> suffering in silence as well. Because... And suffering in silence. And she, it was absolutely not the kind of thing that she would have sat down at the dinner table at that point and, and talked about in in those days. I think it was the. It must have been the eighties, for God's sake. Yes. No. We were a long way from talking about anything or anything to do with <sighs> anything to do with women in those days. Oh, absolutely. Which, yeah. When you look back on it, it's just extraordinary, isn't it? Um, it's incredible. I mean, she comes from a generation where she had to get permission from my father to 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 get a mortgage. So it's, wow. you know, we've yeah. come a long way. Yeah. Wow. So now in terms of what you did, so what have mm. you done? So that you say what what's interesting is in France, they don't hand out HRT. Now I find that fascinating because I'm, I'm starting to talk to people in different countries and it really is yeah. interesting to hear how it compares to, to us here in the UK. So, 
So in France, it's very much still a lottery. There are some people who stumble upon amazing GPs uh, who refer them on to amazing, um, you know, so like gynecologists and get, you know, so like access to, to treatment. But um, overall, and again, especially in sort of rural areas where the doctors are a bit thin on the ground anyway, um, it's still very, very old fashioned. And because my mother had had uh, breast cancer, my, you know, my, my doctor here just did not even want to talk to me about HRT. Right. Um, it, you know, which is obviously, as we know, it's not as straightforward as that um, at all. Um, and, it, you know, you, ha you have to kind of have your own specific uh, profile done but there's absolutely I mean it's a complete you know I am I am at a dead end here if if I wanted to get HRT it would, it would uh, require a lot of a lot of legwork um, so I'm quite looking forward to being able to go but I know that things are I know it's you know there are all sorts of complications in the UK but the conversation is very very much more um, sort of like alive and vivid at the moment in the UK with healthcare professionals um, to a, to a degree where it just isn't here. I mean, I picked up from the pharmacy just by coincidence. I picked up from the pharmacy yesterday um, a magazine that had on the cover that claimed on the cover everything that you need to know about the menopause, and it was very very thin magazine. So clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally two pages of it, it was the, the one of the most unhelpful things I've ever picked. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you'd expect a tome, wouldn't you, if everything you needed to know about the menopause? <laughs> you would, especially because they do, you know, they do do very well on the on the sort of the um, complementary medicines here. And actually, my GP, I have to say, he did uh, suggest something to me, which has been nothing short of miraculous in terms of my hot flashes. And that's an amino acid called uh, beta alanine. Um, which literally stopped my hot flashes in its tracks, um, and that's been that's been amazing, really amazing. Um, but in terms of the other things that I've taken, I mean, I was I was doling out because I'm at the moment because I am experiencing real kind of mood. You know, it's affecting my mood and my and my sort of like my brain my brain clarity, my brain, brain. clarity um, more than anything else, and. I think I'm taking about 20 different supplements at the moment. Wow. <laughs> so you rattle. I, I absolutely rattle it. You know, it takes a long time to get going in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, so I'm really, which is, I'm not approaching this in a very scientific way. It's kind of throwing everything at it. And if I feel a bit better, then something's probably working. But of course, I have no idea what. Yes. How do you uh, isolate which of those 20 is doing the job? <laughs> Just keep taking them all. <laughs> I don't. I mean, this is the thing that I, this is what I've done to myself, Annie, is I don't, I don't experiment because what if the thing that's working is stopped <laughs> then I, and then everything falls apart and I you know I start kind of um experiencing the incredible hulk again so I should probably take a much more scientific approach to it um and I and I will I will I will brace and and do that at some point um but to be honest with you if I'm if I'm being um if I'm being really frank about it the things which I find help is I uh, that, that help me most of all um is I go for long walks every day mm. um and i do meditate um and i do a bit of very gentle yoga so i you know those and i think that it 
again reading around this i know that i know that walking is very good for you um at this point and i know that exercise is one of the most uh, effective ways of managing menopause uh, symptoms so there's great great reams of research about that um and of course moving just exercise and moving actually helps your body to continue to produce collagen uh, which I, I think a lot of people don't uh, don't realise because, of course, there are loads and loads of people selling collagen supplements at enormous expense at the moment, um, much more than it costs for you to get a, you know, so like a pair of trainers and go for a walk every day. Um, and I just think that, that sort of trying to take a, a little bit of time every day to uh, gather my thoughts before I start the day um, and to write endless lists, um, as I said to you before we started recording, I've got five calendars at the moment. There's a pattern here. I tend to, I tend to sort of overcompensate <laughs> and um, sort of like veer towards the extremes. But you know, it it does help me to to just take a few minutes at the beginning of the day and sort of just make a list. Like, what are the essential things that I have to I have to get done? Um, and that helps me to sort of feel more on top of things and and more in control. Um, and as long as I'm, I know that I'm not forgetting anything essential, like doing my tax returns or things like that, then the rest of it I can laugh at. Yes, yeah, and it's right. I think it's writing everything down. That's what certainly uh, I think I did at that stage was yeah. write everything down. So I because you do forget and yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's been one of the things that's been uh, really noticeable at work actually is I used to be able to um, sit in a meeting, um, take scant notes, and then from those very light notes, be able to remember everything that was said and, you know, so like regurgitate it and summarise it beautifully. That, at least for the time being, has left me. Um, and I have to, you know, I have to take quite extensive notes. And in fact, I was, I was having a, a meeting with somebody the other day and I had to ask them if I could record the meeting because it was a Zoom uh, so that I could help take notes afterwards, so that I could actually focus on the conversation. So, yeah, it's 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 little adjustments and just accepting that, yeah, at least for the time being, you know, and I, I just need to give myself a little bit of extra support. And that's uh, why not use the technology as well? It's there, isn't it? it and it doesn't affect yeah. anybody. So, but it helps you do your job, which is great. And it's the thing, isn't it? It's like I there one of the things I noticed which surprised me was that there was most definitely a, a, a kind of a, a pride or a sense of um, a sense of achievement from being the kind of person who had this infallible memory where I could have a conversation and remember everything and that needing to put these adaptations into place almost felt like a failure like I was letting myself down or I was becoming less good and I had a word with myself and I was like, hang on a minute, your ability to think through the problems and come up with solutions is intact. What you're, what you're, you know, what is less intact is just this kind of like this quite freakish and, and fortunate thing that you had before of having this, this memory that could hold on to everything. You haven't lost your ability to do the job. You just need to approach it differently now and you need to put different supports in place in order to enable you to do that, to do the thing, um, and it was enormously helpful to me. There was a, a Wellbeing of Women, um, I think it's called Wellbeing of Women conference, not that long ago, and Davina McCall was speaking at that, and hearing her talk about this experience that she'd had, where she'd been uh, interviewing 
um, she was live on air and she was interviewing Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, who is obviously very well known to her, and she forgot his name. And having that awful moment where she went, oh my God, I can't do my job anymore. And then just understanding that it's not that she can't, you know, she's still, obviously she's still a brilliant presenter. It's just that the way that you approach it, the, the supports that you need to put in place, the things that you need to gift yourself to enable you to, to carry on being brilliant are different. That's all. Yes, you've hit the nail on the head there. You can still continue to be brilliant and do your job, but find yeah. the right supports that you need given the symptoms that you're having at the time and they will come and go. And yes. don't, don't be hard on yourself because you don't need yeah. to be. You're still able to do a wonderful job. Well, that's it, because it was like getting past that despair of like, oh, I can't do this anymore. If I can't remember every word that was said in a meeting, that's it. I may as well just quit. And it's like, you know, and, and a lot of women, I think that the statistics are really high for, for people who do actually leave their profession at this point, because the landscape has changed. And suddenly they, you know, they, they the, the sort of like the, the, the familiar, reliable um, tools that they had have, have shifted. And a lot of women do give up and I think that again I'm exceptionally fortunate with my employer uh, who's absolutely brilliant on this stuff and I'm able to be completely open about it you know oh I'm really sorry you're going to need to just remind me of that because you know I've completely or can you remind me of the name of the client who's about to walk in through the door because it's completely gone and I've you know I've been really really fortunate with that but it's not that big a deal if it's you know if it's approached in that way yeah and I think that's what we would want for every woman isn't it that an employer yeah. that would just be able to understand the small adjustments that need to be made yeah. to enable their employees to continue to be brilliant that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. That's exactly it. Because we lose too much. We lose too much female talent at, at this kind of age. We really do. Yeah, and I think they leave before they actually know what's going on with themselves. Probably like you did, you know, five years yeah. ago, not knowing what was. You you start not feeling like yourself and thinking you can't do the job, and then you, it's only a little bit further down the line when you look back. Oh, that's what that was. So it's trying to, if any woman listening to this can hear that and just. Yeah. I don't need to to leave my job. I can put supports in place. I can talk to my employer. I can be understood. If I can be understood, then I know I'm supported and I can do my job. And I mean, this is, I think that you've just kind of hit on something which, you know, is very much the reason why I'm sitting here talking to you now, uh, which is, I mean, A, I do find it cathartic to talk about it and to laugh about it. But more than that, it's just, so that not only people who are already experiencing it, but actually for the younger women um, who aren't experiencing it yet and, you know, for whom it isn't, you know, I don't want people to experience what I experience, basically. I want there to be examples of like the examples that I found in my wonderful uh, women who, in the in the dance group who are able to show me, you know, to show people the other side or to show people the the, the sort of like the, the holistic truth about the, the experience and not just those first roadblocks when everything starts shifting and you start going, holy crap, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, who am I? <laughs> I think that that's the whole, that's the whole um, point, isn't it? It's just if we can help other women coming up behind us to yeah. realise that what's happening and then there are ways you can minimise the impact and 
find what, uh, whatever solution helps you with your symptoms. But yeah. it, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you, Lisa. I think you'll have given a lot of women a lot of hope. And oh, thank you yeah. so much for your time. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very, very much for asking me. Because like I said, it's uh, I always find it great fun to talk about this stuff and also very cathartic, as I said. And thank you for doing this uh, podcast, frankly. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lise as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you'd like to be on the podcast, please do email me on annie at menopausebuddies.co.uk. Join me next week for another episode of Menopause Buddies.